Welcome to Lady Bird. You are listening to episode one, season one of Lady Bird. Cat Miller's explorations on what indie games are really all about. So, first, let me tell you a little bit about Cat Miller. I am Cat Miller. I'm 50 years old, and I have been playing role-playing games since I was 13 years old. Started out with Dungeons and Dragons, and as I hit college, White Wolf games became very popular, so I dabbled in a little bit of vampire. I wanted to play werewolf very much. But then Mage came out, and Mage was everything for a number of years. And I met my husband through college because I was looking for a Dungeons and Dragons game to play with, and he was running one. And after we got together, our interests in gaming continued. He found a website called The Forge, where game designers were helping each other out and exploring the different elements of what makes a game so that they could write better games, or write games that focused on the parts of gaming that they really enjoyed. And I wasn't all that into it at the time. I was liking what I was doing, and I felt a little threatened, to be honest. In order to... um, In order to develop his own game... There was a lot of reading involved, and new words, words like narrativism, and simulationism, and um, system, and Michael was really involved in the whole Forge era, and it really helped him create his first game, which was With Great Power. And being a lovely, loving wife, I wanted to support that. So I needed to read up on this stuff too, and much to my surprise, after actually reading the material... I understood a lot of it. And um, I ended up running my husband's game as a means of marketing because my own experience in gaming was I never bought anything I couldn't try first because you didn't want to be stuck with something you weren't going to play. So it just seemed to me like it made a lot more sense to run the games so that he could then Um, sell them to people who had tried them. And because of that, 
there weren't a lot of there weren't enough of the uh, guys at the forge booth initially willing to do that we started something called the indie games explosions so that when um, game designers did take time to run their games we could run all of our games as under one group because when you're running a game at a convention as a single GM your game is more likely to be put someplace between two loud games or forgotten or in a corner whereas if a group of gamers get together under a name then they get more attention so we started doing indie games explosions at uh, Origins and Gen Con and we did one at Con Con um, we did several at uh, Gazebo of Games and Shore Con and eventually Double Exposure invited a lot of the Forge people, a lot of Forge game designers, to their Dreamation and even gave them crash space if they would run their games. So free badges, free crash space, a whole bunch of them. And at the time, a whole bunch was like eight um, game designers that were all in the area tried Dreamation and had a blast. So... Uh, Michael and I, and since Michael had his uh, full-time job, mostly I, um, I was a foster mom at the time, took to organizing the double exposure conventions, indie games explosions. As each year, more and more of the game designers wanted to be a part of that, it became sort of a... a uh, big party for the game designers. I mean it was a it was a convention where they didn't have to work whereas Gen Con when they go there they were they're selling their games really really hard at Dreamation they could actually hang out with each other and they like each other. So then they didn't want to be running their games at the same time that one of the other ones were running their games because they wanted to jump in and play each other games because they were all fans of each other's work. It was awesome. It still is kind of awesome. And being part of that was rejuvenating and exciting and um, I mean game designers love their work so when you're playing a game that a game designer is running for you they are like electric with um with just passion for their game and it's contagious and when you'd come into the indie game room everybody that's running games is like you know vibrant and alive and excited um and that just rubs off on the players the players really enjoy the games everybody's having fun and of course you want to do that every year so um eventually i caught the game design bug and with my husband's help, um, designed my own game. The first game I designed as kind of, um, well, the first game I designed was War Stories. And I designed that one 
for Gen Con um, because uh, since Michael was um, selling his own game at Gen Con at the Forge booth, I could sell something as well, and I wanted to. So I made this four-page little teeny tiny game called War Stories, and it was um, part satire and part game. Um, because the game is about having everybody tell stories about their favorite character. And then you rate them, you know, while they're telling the stories as to whether they're telling a good story or whether they're talking too long. And, uh, I never play tested it. I designed it all in my head. I wrote it down. I found some artwork for it. I threw it into a two-page pamphlet. I uh, printed up about 50 of them. And, uh, sold like 10. So it made $10, which was more than I was expecting. Um, because they were like $2 a piece. And, uh, it was just, that was my, my first game. And then like a year or two later, somebody else who had bought my game said, yeah, they played it and it was fun. And I'm like, oh, I hadn't even thought of playing it. <laughs> but that's me. Um, so, a few years back, by a few years, like a decade ago, um, I'm frustrated because I'd like to, I'd like to play in a game about serial killers. I've, I've started watching Dexter and I've always been watching, um, I've always watched the police procedurals, the new detectives, cold case files. I find that stuff fascinating, but I'm not really into the celebrity of the serial killers. My interest really lies into the families and what they go through and, you know, what happens like you're living your life and you've married a serial killer or you've married some guy that's going to kill you and you don't know it. And um, so I wanted to play something like that. And there isn't anything. So Michael sat me down and we went out for dinner. And he's like, well, what would you do? So we had this conversation about, well, what I was looking for in a game. And he wrote the notes for it. And by the time the dinner was finished, we had written up the skeleton of serial homicide unit. And after that, we played with... Uh, I played with a couple of different mechanics for Zero Homicide Unit, and we eventually found something that just sang. It just, it just really worked. And the the premise of the game was that nobody played the serial killer, so you didn't have to outthink anybody, and that everybody plays as the expert detective of their field, so you don't have to, like, again, try and make a puzzle. What you do is you roll for successes and every success you get you get to make up something that you found in the field about the serial killer and as detectives you're all trying to put together the best case so that you can get the guy off the street or girl um, and uh, save the day but that's only part of the game the other part of the game is everybody's playing just regular people who happen to be the type of people that the serial killer is going to kill they don't know that they're they don't know that, that that they are 
prey of a serial killer. So they all have their normal lives and they all have their desires. And so you spend half the game playing out a day in the life of these people as they try and overcome obstacles to get whatever it is that they want in life. Completely unaware that they are being stalked and will eventually, some of them may be killed by the serial killer. And you play a couple of rounds between your um, uh, regular citizen and your detective. And by round two of the detective phase, you've had two rounds of regular citizen phase. You've kind of gotten to know who everybody is. You like them. Then it's revealed that one of the people, one of those uh, characters, just died by the serial killer. And it gets like real Everybody wants to to find the guy and kill the guy before your uh, your civilian is next. So it's it's a fun game and it's a good game. We play tested it a lot, and uh, and eventually put that out. So I've uh, I've been on both sides of the game designer and player veil of uh, just being a player and. Enjoying game designers, being a game designer, and being proud of my work. And I I have a special place in my heart for people who design games and love them so much that they want to share that with the world. And the only way I know how to help that is to make a safe place so they can do that. And that's why I continue to organize the Indie Games Explosions at uh, at the New Jersey cons from Double Exposure. So, um, because I was a forgeite, I guess, I don't know if that's the right word, my idea of indie is pretty much if you design your own game and you put your own money into marketing it and selling it, and it's yours, and you own the rights to it. It's indie. Indie didn't mean like a like a mechanics thing or anything else. It just meant that you're an artist. You you made something, and you put it out by yourself. So it was a it was a very simple formula. And in the beginning, there were, you know, there were just like I don't know maybe fifty indie games when uh, all of this was starting, and now there are hundreds. Um, which is wonderful, actually. So, but, this is a, I guess this is like over a 20-year period, and what it is to be indie has been um, stretched and changed and language has gotten muddied and I want to kind of um, I guess my uh, my point my direction is that I would like to focus on what I mean by indie game for the indie games explosions that I organize through Dexcon and Dreamation, and if I decide to uh, start a indie games explosion at Origins again, 
that that they're all consistent. This is what I mean by indie game. And um I have uh I have my idea about what that means, but I'd also like to hear from a lot of other people to find out what they think indie means and keep my mind open because perhaps like in the beginning where I um I was rejecting of of new information because I was afraid it was threatening. I'd like to keep an open mind. But ideally what I want to do is I want a clear definition to be helpful for game designers. I want I would rather have a broader definition so that more game designers can fit under it than a narrow definition where there's only a few that can fit because having a safe place to uh to come and be around people who are like and run your game and be enthusiastic is a great feeling and I like I like sharing that so that's um that's why I'm starting this podcast and that's what the first season is going to be about is an exploration of what is indie um why ladybeard well i have a chin beard and i like my chin beard and i don't feel like i'm not feminine but girls aren't supposed to have beards that's just it and since i was a kid and since i was actually yeah, about 14 15 i've had a struggle with facial hair i've done bleaching i've i've had to shave i've been embarrassed i've felt ungirly um and recently i've decided you know what i'm 50 and i don't care anymore like so much what other people think about me like in that way i mean i'm married i've i've got i've got a daughter i've got grandkids i've got a house i've got stuff i've lived a life do I really need to shave my beard? So I decided to shape it and just make this little chin beard. And and it's soft now and it's a little bit long enough for me to pull at and tug at and it makes me happy. And when I realized how happy it made me just to do that, I realized I wanted to keep it. So so it's my lady beard and uh, that's why lady beard. So that gives you an idea of who I am and why I'm doing this. And uh, um, in episode two, season one, I hope that I will be interviewing Michael S. Miller of the um, game designer of um, With Great Power co-wrote 
co-designed uh, Fulminata. Um, he has written some smaller games. Discernment is uh, actually one of my favorites. And uh, he liked With Great Power so much, he wrote it a second time under uh, New Mechanics. So I should like to interview him and discuss with him what uh, indie means to him. And and uh, we'll go from there. So thank you for listening. And um, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you later.